Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Four Days in a Podcast, episode 17. With me, as always, is JP and Joe from Pandamanga.com. Buzz, hello. Yo. And our resident metalhead and monkey expert, Justin Woods. From AskMetalhead.com. <laughs> What's up? No, from somewhere else. Hmm. Shameless blow. Yes. And well, wait a minute. That's not shameless. Pandamanga.com. Pandamanga.com. There was no shame in that plug. <laughs> What's the audible? Audible. AudibleTrial.com forward slash geek life. AudibleTrial.com forward slash geek life. Pimp, 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 pimp. Dude, I, I got to admit, like I was saying earlier, I started listening to audiobooks. I don't know what got me. Oh, because I was, when I went, because I thought, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to force myself to stay for a certain amount of time, like on a treadmill or on an elliptical or whatever. And I thought, listening to music is great, but sometimes it's not enough. And so if I listen to books, then I'll lose myself in the book. Right. And it which, won't be which so bad. Works really good. And it yeah. does work really well, except for now I have almost completely stopped listening to music because the books I've been listening to are so good. And the so same I, thing happens with me and my podcast. I almost never listen to podcasts anymore because I'm listening to nothing but giant audiobooks. The audiobook I just went through was 47 hours long. Wow. One. Did audiobook. you finish it? I did. And it was excellent all nice. the way through. What, what was, was it? it? Uh, it was the passage by Justin Cronin. Hmm. It's basically like the beginning and after, and then way after a uh, like vampire type apocalypse, but like not not, but more like the strain. Guillermo del Toro and Ch- uh, Chuck Hogan's The Strain, more like that kind of vampire, where they're a little more animalistic, hmm. a little less, you know, blah. no sparkle. Audiobook question. Yes. Can you read faster than you can listen? Okay. Would yeah. it have taken you forty-eight hours to have read that book? Uh, it's a big book. So potentially my, in my experience, I read faster than I listen, but I can listen more than I'm able to read. Like, yeah, that like, makes sense. throughout my day. Yeah. So I find that I get through a book faster listening to it because I can listen to it a lot of my time, you know, whether I'm doing this or doing that, cleaning the house, going to work, coming back, whatever. There's more time in my day that I can have that playing in the background and be able to burn through it all the time than sit down and like read so mm. i find that's much more successful you know because i can be drawing and i can you know i can be pretty much doing anything but either writing or editing the podcast podcasts so you know uh, everything else i can basically be listening to the that and so i tend to burn through audiobooks way quick probably faster than i would read through them because it doesn't take like yeah. dedicated time to do it I think I can read faster than I can listen because there's a pace that they speak at. But that being said, I think some books are much, much more interesting to listen to than they are mm-hmm. to read. Yeah. My only problem with audio books in general, the only sort of complaint I would have is that none of my favorite magazines are available in audiobook. Favorite magazines? They're, they're like, on they're page much, 22, there's a much picture more of. visual. Right? <laughs> Shit. Exactly. <laughs> There, there have been a few comic audiobooks. That have been. Audiobooks about comic book subjects written by comic book authors? No, like the DC four-issue miniseries Kingdom Come was adapted into an audiobook. Oh, okay. Which huh. was kind of cool. So does that mean that it was like unabridged and you could sit there and read it but not actually have to read it with your eyes? You could just listen to it and look at the pictures? It was more like an audio drama. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Hmm. Yay for audio drama. I like that's it when there's awesome. different voices and stuff like that. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. I think that we need so. more audio drama in the world. Mm-hmm. If you okay, just quick side note before we jump into Thor, I God of Thunder. If you guys are at all interested in good audio dramas, one of the better ones widely available and pretty popular right now is called We're Alive, which is a long, long, long running zombie apocalypse drama, and it is awesome. It's available on iTunes. All of it is free. It is super compelling, really interesting. 
and investigates crazy deep into the zombie apocalypse. Most hmm. zombie media is just like the first couple weeks or the first couple months. This is like super deep, you know, like years at this point. It's really cool. Anyway, so the book of the day is Thor, God of Thunder. And rock and roll. <laughs> there, that line. So he's fighting somebody in this book. And this guy's like, what kind of god are you? I kill gods. I'm a badass. And he's like, mm. you god of loveliness. You god of kindness. You god of war. I can kill the god of war. And he's like, I'm the god of thunder, bitch. And zaps his ass. It was like, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I enjoyed that part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a cool. That was pretty cool. Because yeah, I had forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. What kind of god is he? Oh, hey. Pretty cool there. Way to go, Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Thor is great. I, I, you know, I was so surprised that this was so very, like, separate from all the other Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it to me, it reminded me a lot of the Captain America Marvel now right, that we did. Right. Yeah. And it, it even felt structurally like that, where yes. the first five issues, which were the first trade, were the setting up the new world and the new the new status quo, and then the the next five books it's like getting into the meat of it yeah and then it was you know the big action sequence right mm -hmm. that was a great, that was yeah. great so far all the the new marvel books all the single hero titles have been really good but the team titles not so much i think what they've done on the team titles is a lot more mm -hmm. ambitious and requires a lot more careful reading mm. you know the avengers is just so huge with what yeah. they're overtaking and and then, the, you know, the X-Men books, they have a giant cast of characters. Oh, same yeah. with the Avengers now, now that all the mutants are being integrated into the Avengers. So it's it's just gone totally the nuts. The Avengers gobbling up everybody. Uh -huh. I saw this really cool thing, uh, this quick sidebar on X-Men. It was a, you know, like one of those t-shirt companies or whatever. And it started out Magneto and Professor X and the five original X-Men. You know, and then it, it kept growing exponentially, the number of mutants there were until, like... It was like a big, giant yeah, pyramid. Of yeah, that's, yeah, giant. That's yeah. cool. Huh, that's cool. And then I think there was something like 250 characters at the end that they... <laughs> a little, like, legend at the bottom to, you know, who they all are. Now, oh, has, yeah. have the, has the mutant genre and the mutant subject maintained its allegory for you know, racism and intolerance over the years, or is it, is it still sort of just, is it kicked that aside and they're like, we're also superheroes now? No, it's still a lot of the race, the, the racial and intolerance. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. It, it adds a very different flavor, which is important. I think yeah. it's a good voice to have in the comic book world. It's nice to like hardwire kids to not be racist. And, yeah. you know, even if it's sneaky, <laughs> you know. Except people, no matter how different they are, even if they have wings or happen to be a different shade of blue. Or if they like Nickelback or... No, those kids, you know, you're not friends with. No, those guys don't get to be... Yeah, no. no one gets to be friends with those kids. <laughs> I know you guys aren't big sports fans, mm -mm. but there's this... The last few days, there's been a big... Of the Dolphins thing? ...thing on the NFL where one of the players was bullied by this other player. Really? And so much so that the one guy quit the team. And, like... You know, normal jock ribbing, or we're talking like really bad bullying. Well, it it yes, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then the the guy that was the bully guy, you know, was went on Twitter to say about the reporters like, "Stop slandering me! I'm gonna sue you." And then 
these voicemails came out that he left the guy. Oh. And it was like, mic drop. Shut down. You know, and it was like, you half inward piece of ass and all this. So you you read what it says and it's deplorable. Yeah. But then they interview the other people in the the locker room and they're like, well, it's a locker room setting. We We say stuff like that. And it basically came out like the guy that said it while he was white. He was considered to be more of a brother than the African-American guy that he said all these racially slurred slurred terms to. Interesting. Because the African-American guy, his parents had gone to Harvard and he went to Stanford and was very well educated and he didn't have a ghetto past like the the white guy. Hmm. Interesting. And I'm like, what kind of world do we live in when that's acceptable? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's, it's to be educated, you're looked down on. Yeah, that's you wacky. know, instead of being, you know, the the thuggish person, you know, is more accepted than the the educated person who has been bullied. And it's a sad commentary on the way things are right now. Yeah. That's no question. Okay, back to Thor. Sorry right, to Thor. for the derailing there. Yeah. So, like I was saying before, I was really happy with how much they focused specifically on Thor, and it didn't get into the the I would argue common problem of mashing all these different worlds together. All the time. It's nice to have a really strong narrative that focuses specifically on Thor and his story and his history mm-hmm. and his family and his challenges and the world within which he inhabits. And what's so cool about Thor, which is one of the reasons why I always like anything to do with long-lived characters, be they you know, vampires or immortals or gods or whatever, is that in the same comic you can very, you can effectively bounce around in time, which is really, really entertaining, I think. Oh, because yeah. he's omnipotent because he's a god, right? Right, yeah, he's you know very long lived. I mean, in this you get to see old Thor, and it's what six billion years in the future or some yeah, shit like something that. Like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, he lives for a freaking crazy long time. Yeah. He said even says to the medium age Thor because they go through three different time periods: him before Mjolnir when he's still a young god, and which is his just, hammer, if you don't know. Yeah, just kicking ass on Earth, but to definitely the not worthy <laughs> of. The no. greatest weapon in all the nine Not realms. Well, I was going to ask about it. like it seemed like nine realms, right? Yes, nine realms. Uh, that was a moment that was surprising for me, being a non-comic book, well, a non-Thor guy. Was you know, I just kind of assumed he was born with a Mjolnir in his hand, mm-hmm. so it was something that he had to earn. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So the basic the idea with Mjolnir is that it's super crazy powerful and was made from nth metal. Uh, Uru. Uru metal, sorry. Uru. Nth metal is something else somewhere That's, else. That's uh, Hawkman's harness. Nth is Hawkman's harness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. That's nerd stuff. So anyway, so it's made It's made from special materials. Mm-hmm. It is blessed by Odin himself. Mm-hmm. and Built it's... by the greatest craftsmen of the dwarves and forged in the heart of a dying star. So it's, it's the epic badassery, I think. And the whole thing about it is that it can only be wielded by someone who is worthy. Mm-hmm. And the only other person who's picked it up legitimately in the entire Marvel Universe is... Beta Ray Bill? Who? <laughs> Beta Ray Bill? Beta Ray Bill is the alien Thor. Uh, <laughs> that one's a long story. He's like a half robot, half alien, who is the steward of his people who have been chased off their homeworld by Galactus. And yada, 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 they end up on Earth and... Thor is sent by S.H.I.E.L.D. to go investigate what the hell this ship is, and they fight, and Beta Ray Bill's already pretty damn strong, but Thor drops the hammer in the scuffle, and Beta Ray Bill picks it up, 
and transforms into a alien Thor. Alien Thor. Nice. And then they fight it out for the hammer and eventually kind of come to a tie, but Beta Ray Bill mostly wins. But Odin goes back on his promise and says, no, that's my son's hammer. But tell you what, I'll build you your own. Nice. Named Stormbringer. Yeah. So Bill gets Stormbreaker. Thor keeps Mjolnir. And uh, later on, there's a human guy who gets Thor's power. Eric Masterson. Eric Masterson. And when Thor comes back, it's, he takes the hammer back. Joe is a bit of a Masterson. Thor fan. I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> so Masterson gets his own identity as Thunderstrike and gets his mace called Thunderstrike. And later... And every time I'd read one of those Thunderstrike comics, I'd put on ACTs. Nice. Thunderstrike. <laughs> it really feels like they watered down the whole... I mean, if he's the only one that's supposed to be able to pick up a hammer, and then this other alien dude can pick up a hammer, and then this other dude gets to pick up a hammer... Thunderstrike's dead. Yeah. But his son took over. So. Okay. The idea is you have to be worthy. Right. Yes. The idea is that it's impossible to pick up unless you're worthy. Yeah. I could have sworn someone along the line. Didn't Captain somebody, America. I was going to say, Captain America was the only other person that I, mm-hmm. that I knew He's about. been able to pick it up and use it, but I don't think he got a whole Thor uniform out of it. No. Oh, no. Well, what I mean is that you, he can actually lift it up off the ground, which is yeah. like, which is like, for example, let's just, just to give you a window into how crazy hard that is, I think the Hulk had to go like super, super crazy 10 times it to like be able to kind of lift it off the ground yeah he was able to budget yeah and that's the freaking hulk i think i would be insulted if i went to go pick like let me get this for you and i couldn't pick it up (laughs) i think it would hurt my feelings you're so not worthy (laughs) i think it would totally hurt my feelings sorry i I would be like well what do i have to do now you know what you want milner reminds me of if for those of you dragon ball fans out there (laughs) the nimbus cloud in the states or the kintone if you watch the japanese cartoons it's it's Goku as a little boy. He is given this special cloud that basically allows him to zip around really fast. It's his it's his like main means of conveyance when he's a young guy before he can fly. And the only caveat is the cloud can only you can only be carried on the cloud by the cloud if you're pure of heart. And so Goku being pure of heart like forever because he's essentially like a retarded little child with a super powerful body <laughs> who's just a nice guy and no matter what happens he's always a nice guy. He's always able to fly that even into his adulthood but like hella nobody else can jump into it and there's all these jokes about you know oh you're you know somebody tries to jump in and thinking that they're gonna be able to ride on it and then he falls through and everybody else is like haha you're too perverted or haha this and so that just kind of was it, like that's what it reminds me of somehow it's, yeah. it's it's like you have to be worthy and you know almost like you know everybody's trying to try it and it's like nope hmm. there was a future thor too Good lord. Okay, so the comic we're reading is... <laughs> and then in the 90s... Oh, shit. They had this great miniseries called The Thor the th- War. The Thor War. Uh, Wait, uh, Thor yeah. Core or Thor War? Thor Core, C-O-R-P-S. Mm-hmm. But, oh, okay. but before the Thor Core was the story arc in the Thor comics, The Thor War, where those four Thors got together to fight a common enemy. And it was issue number 444... Was part four of the Thor War. <laughs> My God, with the they, four Thors. Did they go camping and have some <laughs> Thor s'mores? It's insane. Yeah, that's one of my favorites right there. <laughs> the marshmallow. So, you must be worthy. So, but you don't need to know any of this. No, no this is a great To a enjoy great the Thor God of yeah, Thunder because everything in. is, you know, fresh and new with the Marvel now. So much so that Jason Aaron in issue two on the back matter wrote, so you'll be getting a lot of Thor in this new series. 
But for now, at least, you won't be seeing many of the other your favorite Asgardians, like the guy with the sword and the one with the sword and the guy with the mace and the big guy who says funny things and the angry old dad and the sneaky little brother and the ugly troll. I love all those characters, but we won't be seeing them. We will be seeing a lot of Vikings, though. Which I enjoyed a great deal. I loved seeing Thor romp around in, you know, old Midgar or and or Earth time. With with a bunch of Vikings at his back, that was freaking awesome. Nine hundred A.D. was what yeah. it was. That yeah. was amazing to see him, you know, on the front of a long boat, you know, oh, you know, keep going. Oh, but there's too much fog. Well, I have God's eyes, and you are guided by them. <laughs> I am Thor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. And my favorite line the whole for the whole thing, aside from the like, uh, you know, lightning and then zap the guy, like I said in the beginning, is. He gets done saving this like this like uh, group of aliens, and they're like, "Oh, you know, we don't have much, but we have a, whatever we have is yours. We have this, we have that, we have we have ale, we have women." And he's like, "I have to get going." Wait, did you say ale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Yes." <laughs> like they kept a really good. They they that's what's so fun about Thor is that he's not, you know. All knickers all up in a twist. I'm a good guy, kind of guy. Even though he's a really good guy, yeah. he's like a warrior. He's, he's a, a Viking. He's a freaking Viking. And yeah. so, you know, he gets done with, you know, killing the frost giants, and he's like, "Let's go have some mead and have every woman in the village and lots of party." Woo! <laughs> like that was. It's oh, kind yeah. of fun instead of like I'm going to go off and be a lone hero and suffer in my little castle. And mm-hmm. I did really like. In, in this, we're introduced to three versions of Thor. Yeah, which is not cool. Not like the whole di- diatribe that Joe and I just had. <laughs> and two of them get to meet yeah. each other. All three. All yeah. three of them. Oh, true. And we have young Thor. Mm-hmm. That this is how this is it, before he has the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Viking Thor. Yeah, who's not worthy of... Mjolnir. Mjolnir, so he carries around a big axe. and Which is also awesome. How mm-hmm. how we're set up and introduced to this, I'm, I'm whatever you like, 25 minutes in, and let, let's start talking about page one. <laughs> we're introduced that Thor is, Thor basically finds that gods are being killed. He finds like one god killed and thinks it's weird, but then kind of never minds it. Well, he, th- he finds one god that's killed, thinks it's strange, and then later on, as yeah. they're traveling, this is af- after yeah. a long sea voyage on the longboat. Then, well, this was modern Thor. Finds the oh. one that's killed. Oh, yeah. Goes to investigate it and then finds this whole pantheon of gods mm-hmm. has been killed, which causes him to flash back to his young Thor days mm-hmm. where he remembers this one time when he ran into a god that was killed thinking it was strange. Was that what the one that sort of washed up on the shore? Yeah, yeah right? washed yeah. up on the shore. Right. And he thought the it was feather clad god. Right. And then we're introduced to the god slayer. Gore. Gore the god slayer. And that's the first five issues of this is basically setting up the flashbacks between Gore and present Thor, Gore and old Thor. And then we're introduced to future Thor, where Thor has... Well, I guess one of the versions of what could be the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. has become the ruler of Asgard and is now... Over. The only god left in the yeah. entire universe. Well, and it looks no. like he's taking a beating, too. He's got like yeah. his he's, left arm of his is arms all ripped off. And, yeah. yeah, his left arm is actually the destroyer's arm, which I thought was really cool. That was neat. Yeah, do explain. All right, so do the, you remember from the movie? Yeah, the big yeah, giant the, metal dude. Yeah, that arm, <clears throat> that guy's arm, but just Thor sized. Well, they can shrink and change, right? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Well, in the comics, it, it adjusts 
and the gods are bigger in the comics. It's made oh. of magic, like a magic missile. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it except, also can attack the darkness. Except when this one attacks the darkness, it destroys the darkness. Because <laughs> that's kind of what it does. Didn't somebody say that the other night? I cast magic missile into the dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's always me. I always go straight for the throat with that one. Uh, dead ale wives, we love you. <laughs> like many people listening to this right now are like going, huh? Dead Ale Wives? See? <laughs> what is that? Okay, go to YouTube, type in Dead Ale Wives, D and D, and you will laugh your ass off. Okay. Guaranteed. Anyway, so Thor finds this pantheon of dead gods, right? And he is thinking like, oh, snap, I think the god killer's back. And sure enough, he runs into some creature that looks like the god killer's weapon used to look like. And so he's thinking this must be some kind of an extension of Gore the god killer. And... He immediately goes off and is looking into, has this guy been active this whole time? I thought he was gone. Mm-hmm. And he goes yeah, I to... thought I killed him. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. And, and chops his arm off. And he ends up going to, and I thought this was really interesting, he ends up going to basically the city of the gods, essentially. Right? What was it called again? Oh, the... Pan- uh, not the, the yeah, God World or... Some like Pantheon sort of thing, but... All the gods from all the universes all converge. It's and basically hang out it's at basically like place. the God Senate, except they get shit done, and <laughs> they don't shut down. Right. Uh, but it was interesting. So there was this giant library that he's looking through that basically has information from all the different worlds, covering all the information about the different gods. And he talks to the library, who was a snarky douchebag, by the way. I thought yeah. he went home. I thought he went back no, to no, Asgard no. to the library. No, okay, no, no, no. this is like it's like the Asgard God Central. Asgard. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so he's in there and he's looking around. He's trying to figure out, hey, you know, are there gods that are missing? And the librarian goes, oh, yeah, yeah, this is the Lost Archive. And it's giant. And he says each one of these books is is a god that's gone missing or inactive. And yeah, sure. And he says, aren't we worried? Some, this, this is bad, right? And, like, no, this happens. It's been like happening gods, since yeah, the dawn of time. Yeah, gods come and go. You know? yeah. So then he starts to basically puzzle it out. And he goes and visits all these different places. <clears throat> Where these gods that are supposedly inactive or have been missing are supposed to be. Sure enough, they're all chopped up and dead, seemingly the same way that this pantheon of gods he found more recently. And so then he's like, oh shit. You know, Gore is back. Which, Gore to me sounds like somebody who should be in Gwar, by the way. Hmm. Just saying. Well, Gwar did have a character called Gorgor, who's a giant dinosaur, but it didn't have two R's. Well, technically it had two R's, but one R per Gore. <laughs> oh. In this case, he has two R's per Gorgor, one Gore. the so. dinosaur. That's true. In yeah. Gwar. They have a song. It's great. Gorgor. I like it. Should have been in Thor. Well, there you there. go. Oh. oh, no. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, essentially, we've got this old enemy that he thought he killed that really gave him run for his money when he first ran into him. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, was pretty much winning until... The badass Vikings came along and sacrificed themselves to, you know, shake things up enough that Thor was able to escape. You know, go hatchet hatchet on the guy's mm-hmm. arm. But yeah, it's it's cool. And again, this is one of the cool things about long lived characters is that they it allows you to have history, and it allows characters who are also long lived to have history with each other, and it makes their the anticipation of running into the bad guy Gore even more exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. When you have all this history between the two of them and then they start to build things up and talk about how that interaction, that fight that Gore and Thor 
ended up having with each other long ago when Thor had thought he killed the God Butcher and that apparently Gore considered that fight pivotal in his life Mm -hmm. and it changed his opinion on things and changed his tactics. And it's just crazy because there's all this history that Thor didn't even know was going on. And evidently, this guy's been operating in the shadows, just massacring people in the, in the, you know, off in mm-hmm. the periphery. And he's apparently decided that Thor will be the final god. He wants Thor to watch all the other gods die. Mm-hmm. So he's not only really mad at Thor, but also kind of thankful that Thor put the fear of God in him to, <laughs> uh, and helped him, helped him realize that he needed more. He needed help. Mm. So That's right. Yeah. And then that whole second half... When we run into what was, what's the guy's name? Barthax or. So there's an alien god who's hiding out on Earth that Thor finds in this cave that he showed down with Goran. Who has no eyelids. Because Gore has tortured him for hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah. Gore took his eyelids off and then killed all of his fellow pantheon in front of him, making him watch because he had no eyelids. Yeah. And you think this guy. guy. Yeah. And you think this alien god is just kind of. Out of his gourd because he's been tortured for so long. But then one out issue. Out of his gourd. <laughs> How many times are we going to use the word, the like the, the phrase or? He's, hey, hey. he's out of his gourd because Thor and Gore <laughs> came in the door. It's the Orcast. They came back from the store where they bought some gore. They dropped the stuff on the floor. And they listened to gore. They listened to gore. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're listening to audiobooks. Not since. <laughs> nah, they stopped listening to Gord about four. Anyway, go on. So anyway, by, you find... by 444. Yes, yeah. 444. When you had so, to go out the door. Because it makes you snore. Because it's the Thor War. <laughs> uh, Written by Tom DeFalco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so you find out later... Find out later that he's... Not just crazy because he was tortured, but because Gore made him tell him how to build a bomb that would destroy all gods throughout all of time. Because he's the god of bombs, which I thought was awesome. I love- yeah, do you notice he kept changing what it was that he yeah. was like, I'm yeah. the god of waterfall and some somersaults. Like, <laughs> well, then the, yeah, then the librarian's finally like... Would just knock it the hell off. And who are you? I'm only Barthanax. Yeah. God of bombs. Yeah. Like, bombs? <laughs> I love the origin story for Gore that was like in issue five. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah very that cool. was that was great. It's, it's interesting when they make you have some empathy for an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Like you make him, you make his plight sort of understandable, even if he's sort of gone maniacal. Yeah. You can kind of get where he's coming from. Yeah. He did go really emo with it, though. Really emo. Like, like my god wasn't there for me, so I'm going to kill everyone's god. So I'm going to cut, not myself, but all the gods. Yeah. Boo-hoo. Because he got a special space god weapon and decided he could be a dick now. I liked it. But if you already killed all the gods, what's the point of having a bomb that kills all the gods? He hasn't killed all the gods. He's using the bomb to kill all the gods. Yeah. He's enslaved, like, all the Asgardian gods and a whole bunch more gods. To build this giant bomb... Right. And and once and, it's set off, it kills all the gods and goes back in time to kill anyone that could be a god. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a pretty cool scene when that went off. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool, you know, to see the the Thor of the Avengers be the one who willed it to stop by absorbing all the 
energy. Pretty badass. Oh, yeah. Very. Yeah, it's neat to see Thor really be godlike. Yeah. Really do things that are at a really and high feet level. Yeah, and he really got to be uh, the Thunder God mm-hmm. in this series. Like, there's been a lot in the Avengers and a lot of the recent uh, Thor comics. He's been... You know, very humble and earthbound, which has always been kind of the point of Thor comics is that, you know, humility is the most important lesson you get out of strength. And for the last couple of years, he's been very, very Midgard centered. Yeah. And it was cool to see him be Jump around between the nine realms. Man. Yeah. yeah. It was cool to see him be a god and not just, you know, an Asgard fighting frost giants like the like the mythos. And not just on Earth beating up aim beekeeper guys, <laughs> but like out actually handling cosmic shit. Well, I mean, there's a scene where he comes and as he's looking for the gods that have gone missing and he finds this giant god and he goes, I just saw him five years ago. We were on the, you know, the cosmic highway or whatever. And nodded it. to each other. You know, and, I, you know, and I waved as we flew by each other. And it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, huh. It's interesting to... You know, more than just do the Norse god thing, but actually have him be part of gods everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is it the first time they've really addressed him among gods as a race, as a group? Uh, they've touched on it a lot before. Like, he's done a lot with the Olympian gods. Mm, interesting. And a lot with all the Earth gods, but very little going out into the big universe. That's very cool. Like, they had to fight the scroll gods at one point, but nothing really more than that. I really enjoyed Jason Aaron's story. I thought it was oh, very yeah. good. Um, it was a nice way to jump in so you don't have to know 50 years of Thor mm-hmm. comic knowledge like Joe and I see. No, there are two of us at the table that do know that. Or should I say two of you? But and um, I never felt lost, though, not knowing all yeah. of that. Not at all. Yeah. No. And then the... The art by Essid Ribic throughout oh. was was fantastic. Yeah. Just gorgeous. It has yeah. this sort of painterly look to it. I was going to say, uh, painterly is definitely. There were a few moments, there were a few panels that I didn't love. I thought that on occasion there was some inconsistency and I didn't understand why. Even Not because there was different aged Thors, but just thought that some of the the ways that it were, he was drawn in some of the frames mm-hmm. was a little odd. His face just looked different His to face me. Tw- is, was different a couple times, yeah. for sure, but, especially you know, depending on the angle. Exactly. But yeah. otherwise, yeah, was, I love the colors. Mm-hmm. One of the small things that I liked was he gave the blacks for gore texture because gore is essentially this giant black thing. And rather than just be, you know, like a solid Photoshop right. black, it has different textures kind of like. Yeah, that looks really good. I got a kick out of the fact that that how they use the different fonts, you know, the different text script, how Thor and any from anyone from Asgard has a particular sort of Norse-looking, oh, yeah, you know, the kind of rounded or looking. And then letter. Gore had a, a weird, yeah, Gore thing had too. sort of the one that very and, scratchy, yes, yeah, sort of like dark you murderer kind of look to it. Yeah, it was just really cool. I like I like that because it it makes it easier for I mean anything that improves readability is is all thumbs up as far as I'm concerned. And that's one of the things that this script does really well is that. You know, even though it was very well laid out and it was never a question of who the hell's talking, it's it makes it all the more clear and allows them maybe to take some some leaps with layout mm-hmm. to have different people have a very different and recognizable text 
Well, I think I, that's really cool. I in my head when I read a comic book, you read it in your voice, you sure. hear it in your voice. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, I think now that you mention that, I was doing voices. Yeah, you, and I you think see he, that script. Thou hast no honor. Right. Well, I, yeah. There's a are you a my, god of war? For me, that's always Mine a John Fultz's voice. Mine wasn't <laughs> every time and always. I just my biggest goal is never to have my voice be Bane's from. <laughs> just I don't want that to be the bad guy's voice. But I mean, seriously, like I love that. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I dig that they did that. Yeah, it's subtle. It's sort of almost second read material, but it's just very cool. One of the things that I like was towards the end of it, the last two issues. It went from being. You know, like you read a comic where the Thors are talking back and forth to each other, where it went to being 90% caption boxes, like you're reading a story from like a storybook. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like... They smooth <laughs> seamlessly from caption boxes to bubbles, pretty regular. And that worked really well. Yeah. I dug it. I dug it. And I wasn't sure, frankly, that I was going to like it. Yeah, I, in, yeah. But I really loved the Captain America, you know... The, the, that, that series that we did, like I really liked that, and so I gave it a shot and wasn't mm-hmm. disappointed at all. Well, th- this was what I wanted it to be. I was really wanting to like Thor. I liked the idea of of Thor and the Viking and Asgard gods and everything. Like that's cool. It's neat that the Marvel universe gobbles that up into its, you know, into its mythos. But I was concerned that it wasn't going to mesh well and that there was going to be. You know, because I, I just, you know, I know this is going to sound really new, but like I have a hard time when they collide worlds like that, that t- sometimes just don't feel like they belong together, you know, and yeah. it's cool for Thor to not be Avenger Thor, but be like Thor Thor, you know, and yes. spend time really being like a god of Asgard, worshipped by people, dealing with other gods, flying around the nine realms, like that's really cool. Like It's neat to have him be that guy instead of like, you know, flying around with all the Avengers dealing with just Midgard problems. Like that's neat to see him expand out and really step into who he is. Yeah. You know? And so I was really hoping for it to be more like this. I didn't really know how it would embody that, that desire, but this did a great job of it. I was really happy with, with the tone and the story and, and the, the kind of Thor that we got to meet. It wasn't like superhero comic. It was more like mythological fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just it was ah, it was really cool. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed the hell out of it too. Just want to let everyone know that's listening on here. If you want to check this comic out, I have like a hundred free copies of issue number one. Oh, from the comic fest, the Halloween yeah. comic oh, yeah. fest, right? Yeah, it's left over. So just come, come in, get and, it. Yeah. yeah. The first issue's got all kinds of cool stuff in it too. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And uh, I think that. You know, is that anything else anyone wants to say about Thor? Justin's just uh, scrolling through his copy, and there's a scene where young Thor wakes up with a bed of, like, three Valkyries. He wakes up from a nightmare, and, you know, he's, you know, freaking out a little bit. But it reminds me of, like, that opening scene from Black Dynamite, where he gets up, and there's uh, three hookers in the bed. Black Dynamite, that was the best lovemaking I've ever had. The other one's like, me too. And the last one's like, that goes triple for me. And he's like, shh, mama, you're going to wake up the other bitches. <laughs> and it pans out, and there's like six more pairs of feet hanging out the other end of the bed. Because <laughs> it took me a minute to look at it. It's like, why does that foot look weird? It's like, oh, there's more girls in the bed. All right. <laughs> Go Thor. Uh. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I think the takeaway is this is definitely worth your read. So we've got a trade downstairs? Yeah, there's two trades. Um, the first one's 1 through 5, and second part 6 through 11. Hopefully they'll put it all together in one giant one. So are we're currently at 11, or has 12 come out yet? There are th- 14 comes out Four- next week. 14, okay. Yeah, so we're, no, we're getting 14 close. on the shelf. Then. Oh, 14, okay. Well, 15 comes out next week. Then. So then we're oh, coming yeah. closer and closer to the trade. Yeah, but the Ribic left after 11. Mm. So... Mm. When we get, is, is it Aaron taking still a dive on? right now? No, no, no. It's it's still strong, Ron Garney art, but you know, it's. I'll definitely be checking out the next storyline. Is awesome. Aaron still on it? Yeah. Okay. So other than that, we'll give it a check out. I'm not quite sure what we're going to be talking about next week. Comics surprise. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's a there's like three or four new series debuts that have come out that we may want to give you guys a little heads up on. To, Check out. I know that uh, JP wants to talk about Shaolin Cowboy. I do. You know, actually, what just came out with issue number five, which might be a good time for us to start talking about it, depending on when the trade is, but uh, 10 grand just okay. hit issue five. Is there a trade coming for that soon? Um, I'm not sure when that trade is going to be coming out. Um, but I know you wanted to talk about Shaolin Cowboy. Yes. So um, I want to talk about Mars. Afterlife with Archie. Yes, we definitely need to talk about um, Is there When is the next issue for that coming out? Couple the end of, of the month. End of the month. Okay, cool. Um... So is it Bee Vixens from Mars? Oh, we can do that one. <laughs> um, Have you even read that one yet? Oh, yeah. Is it good? It's campy, and it's got boobs. All right. Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting, who were the Captain America team for a long time, just released a new spy book that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, Velvet, Velvet was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, nice, nice. Pretty Deadly by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Yeah, it looks really yeah, interesting. I'm the art's gorgeous. To so I think, I think next week we might just do a little, like, what we've been reading, yeah, about about a, you know three or four new debut issues, and give us a little heads up on that, and then we'll get into something meaty the next. We might have to put an explicit tag on it because I really want to read an excerpt from that intro page. Oh, <laughs> from Shaolin <laughs> Cowboy. Uh-oh. This is in the first issue of Shaolin Cowboy. There is an absolute wall of just tiny. You need a magnifying glass for it. Text. And it's two pages long. It's like four-point text. Yeah, and it's so tiny, <laughs> but it is some of the funniest stuff I've read in forever. Hmm. Like, it was probably more entertaining than the rest of the book, and that's saying something, because the book's entertaining. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's just so... It's just pure comic, right? Like, there's that's there's no better... I don't want to get into it too much. We'll get into it next week, but it's, right. it's so fun. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. This was, uh, this was a fun one tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Later. a monkey spanking the monkey.